0: a blessing to pastor and uh, we're out in the, uh, the country, Westfield is, is out in the country and I was just telling your pastor we're having our fourth annual wild game dinner next Saturday and uh, the first year we had a, a wild game dinner, uh, somebody said you won't see a lot of deer in Massachusetts and I haven't but they said you'll see a lot of bears and I said really? And so a guy took me out. He said, this is a, a state park. He said, go down that trail about halfway. Put your stand up. So I climbed a stand. and I said, Lord, uh, I, I appreciate being out here. I said, it would be nice to have a bear. Twenty minutes later, a bear came out, shot it dead. Haven't gotten one since then. <laughs> but uh, we do do a wild game dinner. And uh, different things work in different places. And and where I'm going with all of that is we all need to be flexible. Uh, when God's called us to do something, God's enabled you. If your pastor believes that you ought to be doing a certain thing, he's being led by God to plug you in that position. That's going to bring us around to our first sermon. So take your Bible, go to Nehemiah. We're going to start in Nehemiah. We're going to skip around quite a bit. Uh, but we're going to start Nehemiah chapter 6. I believe if you're going to be a Sunday school teacher of any kind, you ought to sit down and study the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, I believe, is the greatest book in the Bible that teaches on leadership. It teaches how to motivate yourself. Nehemiah had a high motor. He was very highly motivated. If you're going to do anything for God... Uh, you need to study the Word. The Bible says to study the Word. But if you don't have anybody to teach to, who's going to hear the message? That's why the Bible tells us, go ye into all the world and do what? Preach the Gospel. And once we've preached the Gospel, once you get them in, then you're supposed to teach them all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Now, God doesn't leave you powerless. In the verse before that, Jesus said, I'm gonna go with you everywhere you go and all power is given unto me. So there is a balance there. There is a balance between being a, a proficient teacher and a proficient people reacher. Nehemiah is one of the greatest studies in the Bible. Can you imagine this before we get in to the scripture? Uh, Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem. In 52 days, they rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem. Now, if you're, if you're, uh, like me, you look at that. They didn't have any John Deere tractors. They didn't have any bulldozers. But in 52 days, they had the people of Jerusalem motivated to the place, that they all worked side by side, and out of the rubble, they raised those walls. Now, if you know anything about the walls of Jerusalem, I believe they were 20 feet tall, they were wide enough to get a chariot around the top of that, to take those walls from rubble, in 52 days to rebuild that, and to put the gates up so that uh, every gate was functional while an enemy was trying to take them down, that is an amazing thing. You, I was talking to your pastor, this area is amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. I like fishing. I like hunting. I, when I say I like fishing, I don't like putting a line in the water and watching a bobber for an hour. That's not my idea of fishing. My idea of fishing is going up to the uh, Granville National Forest and going into the creeks, walking right down in there. When I throw my line in, I expect to catch six trout and walk out of there in a half an hour and be done for the day. As a, a, a Christian, as a Sunday school teacher, as a bus worker, God has gifted you with the power... To be able to go out and fill your Sunday school classes up. That's not the pastor's job. The book of Nehemiah is going to show us that everybody put their hands and their hearts and their heads together and they rebuilt a wall. Now, you may be sitting here this evening saying, well, uh, that's just not my gift. Good, because it's not a gift. It's a command. God does not gift certain people with talents to be able to go out and reach people. Instead, if we'll study Nehemiah, we ought to get motivated and say, listen, by God's grace, he's given me the tools. I'm going to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I speak to people through that power, I'm going to rely on God to do something miraculous here. You know, soul winning isn't just Saturday morning. It isn't just one week night that's assigned. Soul winning is every opportunity you can get. I've reached fellas at the gym. Uh, I like to exercise with about five men in our church. We all go at the same time. Uh, and do you know when I do that, I witness to people there. I witness to people at the barber shop. I, every store I go to, you say, well, you have to because you're a pastor. I did that before I was a pastor, before I was an assistant pastor. And you say, well, I'm a shy person. My family can testify for to you that when I was 16, I was the shyest person you would ever meet. I was the... Uh, you won't, you won't believe this, but I'm going to tell you, it's true. I went to a driver's ed class in a public school. They said, you're going to have to do a public report on uh, accidents or something. I told the teacher that wouldn't be a good idea. I said, I don't do well in front of people. He said, it can't be that bad. I said, listen, I'm telling you, it's bad. I said, my, my voice will shake, my hands will shake, I'll turn red, I'm embarrassed. I said, it's, it's bad. He said, it can't be that bad. I said, okay, I'll do it, but I'm telling you ahead of time, it's bad. And so he had me stand up in front of those 60 students. I started that report. He said, you know what, you're right, it is bad. Sit down. <laughs> and so... We use excuses, I'm shy, I don't know what to say. What you're passionate about, you will make happen. Nehemiah was passionate about rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem. But he could not do it alone. He had to have other people that were passionate about the same thing he was. Your pastor has gathered tonight... You wouldn't be here if you were not passionate about the same thing your pastor was. God has you here because you are the people that are going to pick up the rocks and help rebuild that wall and get an adult Sunday school class, a junior age Sunday school class, whatever God's called you to do in this ministry And it shouldn't be an emotional motivation. It shouldn't be a a, a mechanical motivation. It ought to be a spiritual motivation. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And you say, well, pastor, God didn't call me. My pastor did. That's just the same as God calling you. If God has moved on your pastor's heart to bring you here, then I would suggest study the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gate that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono, But they thought to do me mischief, and I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a, say those two words with me, great work. Let's do that again. I'm doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Whether you're building a, a home whether you're building a great church, a Sunday school class, a bus route, uh, there's no excuse for not doing what God's called you to do. There's never been a, a, a church that the Lord has allowed me to be on staff at where I did not start a bus route from scratch that was not running over a hundred people within several months of that. Not one. I can give you names of pastors In the churches, there wasn't anything. Now, I want to tell you, it's not me. My English is terrible. You will find that out over the next couple of days. You will find out that God doesn't need somebody whose English is perfect, whose diction is perfect, but does not have a spirit to serve God. He needs a group of people that says, well, well, pastor, I can pick that rock up. I can give that a try. I can give that track out. I could pray about winning somebody to Christ. I challenged our church coming up in the month of April. I said on Friend Sunday, I want you to bring two names of your uh, neighbors, family members, bring them to church, and we're gonna pray over those names. And I said, I'm not doing the work. You're going to do the work. You're gonna get those two people into church. This coming uh, uh, Easter Sunday, we're going to work on that. And they said, well, you know, some people, well, I, I don't know. I said, listen, if God's for you, nobody can be against you. How many of you believe God can build this church? Okay, some of you, dinner's still settling? No, no. Uh, God can build, if God can build this church and God gave you your pastor and your pastor talked to you, then you're the one. You're the one that can build that Sunday school class. You're the one that can get out there and talk to people. You're the one that can take a handful of tracks and walk down the street. You're the one that can get on your knees and pray till God fills that classroom up. You're the one that can go out and build that bus route. It's not about us. It's about him. But it's about time we decide that we're going to agree with Nehemiah. I'm doing a great work and I'm not going to quit doing it. If you walk into a Sunday show, uh, we left Rosedale and we left a, a, a very good place to go to Westfield, Massachusetts, where there was grass growing up through the parking lot, six cars on the parking lot, and not a lot of people there. Sunday school, the adult Sunday school class, the first Sunday we were there, there were maybe 11 people there for adult Sunday school. And that's including children. Now, uh, our neighbors didn't mind our church when there was grass growing up through the The gravel, they didn't mind our church when there was only six cars. Guess what? When the Lord blessed us and we doubled the size of the building and paved the parking lot, our neighbors had a problem with that. And we're going to go through, uh, it doesn't matter what you do for God, Satan is not going to sit there and go, wow, they're doing a great job. No, Satan is going to attack you through family, through friends. Uh, through people that you know, but you're going to have to decide, hey, I'm not in this. I'm not in this for numbers. I'm not in this to impress people. I'm in this to do God's will. And when you decide, as Nehemiah said, hey, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Isaiah 57.10 says this. Thou art wearied in the greatness of thy way. Yet thou saidest not, there is no hope. Thou hast found life of thy hand, therefore thou wast not grieved. What's Isaiah saying there? He's saying, listen, if only one person shows up, there's hope. If nobody shows up to your Sunday school class the first Sunday, you teach the lesson just like if there was a hundred people there. You decide, hey listen, by the grace of God, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna pass out tracts, I'm gonna do whatever God needs me to do, but I'm gonna find a way to fill that Sunday school class up. You know, sometimes you're, you're, you're gonna make some mistakes, but it's better to fail forward than it is to fail from doing nothing at all. I could spend the next 45 minutes telling you of all the failures I've had in the ministry. And 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 things that I thought, man, this is a great idea. And then other times uh, when we just said, listen, we're going to trust God. And God's the one that will do it. So I just want to give you a few points real quickly tonight. Uh, Biblical truths every wall builder should know. Number one, realize the enemies of greatness. Look at Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 4. Yet they sent unto me four times after the sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Then Sanballat sent his servant unto me in like manner a fifth time with an open letter in his hand. If you're ever going to do something for God, you're going to have to realize there's some enemies to greatness. And greatness is not measured by what somebody else thinks greatness is. Greatness is measured by us putting our best effort through in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've done everything that you know how, and you allow the Holy Spirit to use you, I promise you, how many of you know what the Bible says, they that sow in tears shall what? Shall reap in joy, but it also says they shall doubtless... Come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves, plural sheaves, with them. Now, I just want to ask you a question tonight. How many of you believe the Bible's true tonight? Let me see your hand. How many of you believe God will keep the promises in the Bible? Raise your hand. So what does that tell you tonight? Every single one of you that are here tonight, if you're claiming the promises of God and trusting God, God can do something great with you. He can just unbelievably bless and do some things. Uh, There's some enemies to that. How many of you like me when you grew up, nothing was open on Sunday? Why are all the sports leagues on Sunday morning now? The town I live in, they have lacrosse on Sunday. They have soccer. They have junior hockey on Sunday morning. They have everything. Everything now is on Sunday morning. Do you know why? Because we have an enemy that's a lion that's seeking to devour some lives. And you're gonna to have to decide, along with your pastor, pastor, just like Aaron and her lifted up Moses' arms, Pastor, I'm going to lift your arms up, and the way I'm going to do it is I'm not going to take any excuses for people now. Don't be unkind. Be compassionate. But you ought, listen, people ought to think that church is more exciting than Little League baseball. Parents ought to say, man, I would rather have my kids in the Sunday school classes at White Oak Baptist Church than playing baseball on Sunday morning. Because there's something happening down there. Those teachers are excited. Uh, those teachers are on fire. Hey, listen. And not that this church would, God forbid that it did, but if this auditorium caught on fire, you'd see a bunch of people come and watch it that have never been to this church, would you not? If you allow the Holy Spirit to light you on fire, you're going to have some people show up and say, hey, there's something going on down there. Uh, but you're going to have to realize there's some enemies of that. Our schedule can be an enemy to us doing what God wants us to do. How many of you like me? You're busy. How many of you pass yourself coming and going? And and, and sometimes our schedules can get so busy that we don't slow down enough to realize that's an enemy of the greatness that God wants to use us for. God ought to get your your first and your best, not your last and your least. Sunday school lessons shouldn't be studied five minutes before you walk into a Sunday school class. A Sunday school lesson is an outpouring of your spiritual walk all week long. And we're going to have to decide, hey, listen, there's some enemies. There's some great enemies. Nehemiah had enemies. They sent after him four times and a fifth time, and they tried to discourage him. Uh, how many of you have ever had your family say, why do you go to that church so much? You're down there all the time. What are you in, a cult? They tell our people that all the time. That's not a cult. This is a family. And when you decide, hey, listen, I'm in the family of God, and God gets first and best, not last and least, there's some enemies you're going to have to defeat. I've told our people, you tell your family, hey, I'm glad you came to visit. Lock the door on your way out, but we're going to church. And they said, pastor, you would really do that? Absolutely. I I believe church is the most important thing. And by the way, I I believe Jesus did too, because he said in Ephesians that he died for the church. Hey, folks, there's some enemies some people that are going to try to discourage you, try to keep you back, but Isaiah 40:31 is still in the Bible, but they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not what? Faint. Well, pastor, I, I don't know. Uh nobody showed up for my Sunday school class. Keep on walking. Well, uh, pastor, I visited so and so and everybody promised me and not one person showed up. Keep walking. Decide you are not going to let the enemy uh do you know Satan doesn't attack the strong? What does he attack? He attacks the weak. That's why the Holy Spirit uses the analogy of a lion If there is a weakness in your armor in the wall building process, Satan is going to attack you right there. You're going to have to say to yourself, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I'm going to help my pastor build that wall here in Connecticut. I'll get back to this. You have an incredible area here. I could see this church one day running a thousand people. A thousand people easily in this area. You say, can you really see that? Absolutely. Just like Nehemiah saw the walls rebuilt. Just like you have to see a classroom. Uh, when we were at Rosedale, one thing I did every Sunday morning, I got there early, I knelt down beside every chair, in that classroom, and I prayed over who was going to sit there, and I said, Lord, fill these seats up. I can't do it, but you can. And I would work down every single row, every single pew, and I would pray over those. I still do that at our church today. There are some enemies that are going to try to keep you from doing something great. You're going to have to decide, God's called me to this. And by God's grace, we're going to see something great happen. Realize there's some enemies. Secondly, revitalize the endurance for the greatness. Revitalize the endurance for the greatness. Anybody in here ever done running? I mean long distance? When you do long distance running, they call it a second what? A second wind. Uh, you have to, you know, I'm not talking about running from your couch to the refrigerator. I'm talking about if you've ever done any distance running that, that you understand, it takes some sacrifice. But if you put the work in, you have the endurance to finish the race. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 6 again in verse 8. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou hast said. Thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For they are all made us afraid, saying, Their hand will be weakened for the work that it be not done. Now, therefore, what's it say? O oh God, what's the next three words? Strengthen my hands. You're going to have to pray that every Sunday morning. Lord, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands as I go out and knock on doors. I had a pastor when I first got there of another fundamental church right in the area where I am there tell me door knocking doesn't work in, in Massachusetts. And I said, well, I didn't come to Massachusetts to find out whether door knocking worked or not. That was settled a long time ago in the book of Acts when the apostles said they went house to house. So I don't go door to door because I think there's some kind of formula. If I knock 500 doors, I'm going to have 50 good contacts. And out of 50 good contacts, I'm going to have 25 follow-ups. And out of 25 follow-ups, I'll have five good leads. Out of five good leads, I'll have two people show up. And if I work that formula, it's going to work. No, it doesn't work that way. You just get out and you be obedient to God. And the last time I checked, my Bible said it's His job to build the church. We decide, listen, I'm going to get back in. I'm going to get busy. If you used to go soul winning and you don't anymore, get busy doing it again. If you used to carry tracks everywhere you went and you stopped doing it, pick the tracks up on your way out tonight. If you stop at a gas station to fill your car up, hand them a track and invite them to church. We have the, the UPS guys and the uh, 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 FedEx guys. They hate to see me because I walk out in the driveway and catch them before they can drop the package and run. I said, I'd like to see you in church this Sunday. Uh, listen, every opportunity you get, you decide, I'm in a marathon race for the Lord. You know, if somebody doesn't fit in your Sunday school class, you find a Sunday school class they do fit in. You encourage them. Hey, listen, as you help to build other people, other people are going to help you. Uh, The endurance, you're not going to see things built overnight. I love American history. Uh, Benjamin Franklin in in, uh, Washington with the Continental Army. In 17, uh, I believe it was 1778 near Valley Forge. And I've been, I love going to history places. I've been to Valley Forge. I've been to every Civil War battlefield between Pennsylvania and Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, I, I love American history because America was founded on Bible principles. This country was founded on churches like this. The original public schools were held in churches like this. We're far, far away from that now. You are helping your pastor, this church, and the kingdom of God to rebuild the walls that once stood high in this country. But it's going to take some people that say, listen, I'm going to teach for the next 15 years. I'm going to teach for the next 25 years. I'm going to teach until the Lord comes back or the pastor moves me. I'm staying in that Sunday school class. I'm going to love those people and work hard. Washington and Franklin brought over a Prussian army officer... And he began to drill, uh, Baron von Steuben began to drill the uh, 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 just the sergeants. And then they taught the uh, rest of the army. Do you know within two years after that, the climactic battle at Yorktown took place? Do you know where that climactic battle started? It started in 1778 in Valley Forge when it was cold and they were being trained and they stuck it out. And saw the thing through. Hey, when you get to heaven, when I get to heaven, and we stand before God, are we going to hear, well done, good, and faithful servant? Do you know so many Christians, I believe, will stand before God one day, and they're not going to hear that? Do you know why? Because they simply got weary in well doing, and they fainted. Nehemiah it tells us uh, uh first of all realize the enemies of greatness, revitalize the endurance of greatness. Three things real quickly to help us underneath that uh, if you look at and I need to hasten here, uh if you look at Nehemiah, it, it tells us this see the false accusations. Then they sent unto him saying there is no such thing done as thou sayest. You know, one thing that's saddened me after this recent presidential election is all the false accusations being made. All the hand weakening they're trying to do uh, to a president. It doesn't matter who the president is. The Bible says we're supposed to support that person because they're ordained by God. And when I see a, a whole group of people trying to weaken that, we have to say, hey, as a Christian, see false accusations for what they are. Didn't David's brother say, uh, his brother alive, I know the naughtiness of your heart. You came down to see a battle. And David said, hey, listen, I'm not going to answer that. I'm just going to tell you this. Is there not a cause? We need to see the false accusations for what they are. Secondly, we need to see the fearful answers. Another priest came to Nehemiah and said, hey, let's, let's lock things up. Let's lock it down. Let's get in the house of God and protect ourselves. And Nehemiah, in Nehemiah 6 and verse 11 said this, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. You may be sitting there on a Saturday night a couple weeks from now saying, I went out and knocked doors and visited prospects, and I have absolutely nobody lined up for that Sunday school class. That's what the devil's going to tell you. But can I tell you what? God will encourage you. Dave Carlson, the pastor in Manchester, New Hampshire, we worked on a bus route together. Both of us were too young. To have our bus driver's license, we went out and visited all day Saturday for for the bus route the next day. And uh, we didn't have a bus driver. We had two buses. They said, we're going to give your route two buses. Fill it up. We said, great, we'll go out and, and knock doors in Chicago. We went out all day long. Uh, I was calling people and, and Richard's dad is the one that drove my bus that day. And another fellow volunteered to drive Dave's bus. I said, great. You've got a driver. i got a driver. I said, we've been out knocking doors. How many kids do we have signed up? We had been out for 10 hours. And between the two of us, we had 60 maybes for the next day. Now... We didn't have any ladies to help us on the bus route that day. We didn't have, we just got two drivers and we had to beg and plead uh, with two drivers. We had two buses. We said, well, Lord, we're out here trying to do what you want us to do. And uh, we're just going to do this by faith. We're going to trust God and believe God for it. Sixty maybes. Sunday morning, we began to run both of those bus routes. And he ran his bus down a few blocks and I ran my bus and, uh, we met together in the middle. There were 63 kids on his bus and 72 on the bus I was running. Now, I want to tell you something. We didn't have that many signups. We didn't even have bus drivers. We had no lady workers to take the names. Dave and I were doing everything on both buses. You say, Pastor, how in the world does that happen? Dave and I had fasted and prayed that week. We had done everything that we possibly could, and we just said, hey, we're not going to live in our fears. You know why I like the Pittsburgh Steelers coach, Mike Tomlin? He said, I will not live in my fears. I I think as a Christian, too often we allow fear to keep us from accomplishing something great. See the fearful answers. Last of all, see the faulty assumptions. Look at verse 12. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but he had pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sam Ballad had hired him. Therefore, was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin that they might have a matter for an evil report that they might reproach me. Christian, you know, you don't need 40 days of purpose. You need to decide I'm going to get alone with the word of God. I don't need somebody's methods. I need God. God. And we're gonna have to decide as Christians to realize the the enemies of greatness, revitalize the endurance for greatness, but number three, we need to recognize the engagement in greatness. Look at Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15. The engagements in greatness. So the wall was finished. In the twenty and fifth day of the month of Elul, in fifty and two days. And it came to pass, when all of our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived this work was wrought of who? Our God." You start letting God use you to build adult Sunday school classes, teenage Sunday school classes, junior age Sunday school classes, bus routes, and this church. And people will recognize God did that, not the people in this room. But, but Nehemiah couldn't build those walls unless the people decided, hey, we're going to get in and get busy doing it. Uh, one of our church members walked into a Dunkin' Donuts and there were, uh, uh, you, you always see them, a couple of older fellas retired sitting in there drinking coffee in the Dunkin' Donuts. And they were talking about the Catholic churches closing down in our, our town. And she overheard one of the fellas saying, well, I'll tell you what, there's one church in town that isn't closing down. They just built a new building. And the other old fella said, and she didn't even know who these guys were. The other old fella said, oh, they just built that building so that it'll continue, you know, they'll be able to grow. He said, no, I'll tell you what, I've never been there, but I've heard that their church is growing so much. They had to build a new building on the other end of town. And you know what the lady from our church said? She said, here's a personal invitation for you and you and you. You can come check it out yourself. Hey, Christian. We're going to have to decide. We're going to get engaged in it. Now, I heard somebody over here cheering for the New York Giants. Uh, I've heard some other people, Patriot fans, and and when uh, your pastor mentioned the Ravens, it lit the 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 moralises up. I, I I just think it's ridiculous that if somebody gets up and gets a little excited about preaching. And, and the preacher just, man, just lets it fly. Well, I don't think you ought to do that in church. I think you ought to hold your emotions back. Hey, listen, uh, we're up in Massachusetts, and, and when we first got there, people didn't say amen. If they were excited, they would nod. Yes, uh, that's that's as excited as they would get. That was uh a New England excitement for you. But we have people walk into our church and Visitors say this all the time. This is the friendliest church I've ever been to. This is the friendliest church. Uh, when people, and I love it now, we've got people actually sing the hymns. They open their mouth more than an inch. And, and people actually are saying amen. Uh, some of the ladies even do it. God forbid. But uh, some of the men won't, so they got to be spiritual and, and you know, people are saying amen and, and when people walk into a church like that, they may not like what the pastor says. And by the way, I, I've, I've had people leave because they don't like what the Word of God says. But, but, people ought to walk into your church and say, this church is engaging. This Sunday school class is not boring. This Sunday school class is engaging. Man, if you're teaching young people, you ought to act your Sunday school class out. You know, it will not hurt some of the adults to do that either. It doesn't hurt to have a few props and to get people involved. Uh, people say, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed. Hey, listen, be bold for the Lord. Be bold for the Lord. Yes, study. But recognize if you don't get engaged, it's not going to make a difference. Fourthly, and lastly, reclaim the energy involved in greatness. Isaiah 40, the verses before verse 31 said, He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the, the Lord... Reclaim the energy it takes. Decide, hey, listen, I'm not going to get pumped up, pushed up, primped up. I'm going to get powered up. I want God to power me up. And boy, I'll tell you what, I've been door knocking, soul winning since I was 16 years old. I'm 51 now. I still get nervous every time I go out to knock doors. I still get nervous every time I pass out of track. I get nervous every time I witness. But I believe there's something greater than that. That eternal soul is going to go to heaven or hell. And boy, once they get saved, they need to be able to come to a Sunday school class that loves them and accepts them, but is going to teach them the truth and help to get their life turned around. I'll finish with this illustration. There was a, a fellow that... Uh, the previous pastor, uh, when he left, he said, you need to go by and visit this fellow. He said, I've been visiting for years. He owns a feed and grain store and he hasn't gotten saved. His name was Larry. I went by Larry's feed and grain store 18 times. Larry called me on the phone he said, Pastor, I've been thinking about what you told me the other day. Would you come over to my feed and grain store? And right in his office, he bowed his head and accepted Christ as his Savior. His family is extremely Catholic. His mother told him, you're going to get excommunicated from the church. She said, I'll never come to your church. She's attended our church two times in the last three months. Larry brought his two nieces, and they got saved Sunday night. Adult ladies got saved Sunday night right after church. Yes, you are going to get tired. Yeah, sometimes it is going to wear you out. But Nehemiah is a study, and the walls are broken down. How many of you agree the walls are broken down in America today? The walls are broken down in this city today. This city needs a pastor and a group of people to pick the rocks up and rebuild the wall. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the book of Nehemiah. Lord, I pray that each one of us would be challenged to take the book of Nehemiah and study it and be motivated through the power of the Holy Spirit to see a great work built here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Montoro, for that wonderful challenge from God's word. And just a reminder to us how that uh, we...